Pastor Mark. All right, good morning, Neighborhood Church. All right, so um, just a quick disclaimer. So now that it's official, I come with a no return policy. I'm here to stay. I will be. <laughs> I look forward to what God has for us here. Uh, let's pray. God, we thank you for this day, this opportunity to sit at your feet and to learn. God, I pray that I would steward this moment faithfully, that I would steward it well. Father, I decrease that you may increase, Lord God. Use me at your discretion and for your glory. I pray that our hearts would be receptive of what you would have to speak to us by the power of your Holy Spirit. We give you all the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so today we're going to talk about hope. Don't lose it. Look at somebody and say, hope. Don't lose it. If I were to have a subtitle, it would be restore your roar. Say that with me. Say restore your roar. Now, before we get started, I just want to share some devastating news really quick. Something that happened uh, this week. uh, Well, I guess technically last week. Um, I got a paper cut right here. Right. I know. I know. I said I wouldn't get emotional, so just pray for me. So I... um, I got an alcohol pad, got a Band-Aid, ready to do surgery. So I got the alcohol pad, took it out, you know, I was going to clean it real good. I got that alcohol pad on that paper cut. And if you know anything about putting alcohol on an open cut, the minute that the air from the alcohol gets near it, heaven and earth come together and lightning infuses your body with pain. Now, I was by myself, so I was able to say, ouch. But now if I were with my my daughters or with the men from the men's group, I would have been like, yeah, feel the burn. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Because you got to be tough. But because I was by myself, I said, adio mio, no mas, por favor, Jesus. I'm not speaking in other tongues. So now a parallel to that is, you know, during this pandemic, we've all had to wear masks to cover uh, ourselves. Um, a parallel to that in life, spiritually, sometimes we cover ourselves. And so today I want to talk about hope in a sense of don't lose it, because I know that sometimes, especially in, in the church world, there are things happening on the inside. Sometimes things can happen that can kind of rock our faith and shake us a little bit, and our faith begins, or our hope begins to wane away, or begin to uh, die on the inside. And this is not a rebuke in, in any way. Um, you think about the scripture where the, uh, the man brought his son to Jesus' disciples and they couldn't do anything. And, and Jesus said, what's going on here? And he said, well, I brought my son to your disciples. They couldn't do anything. And Jesus says, do you believe? He said, I believe, but help my unbelief. And sometimes we come to a point where our hope, our faith runs into situations that kind of rock us a little bit. And so today, my desire is to relight the fire of hope in you. Um, My mom left when I was two months old. Uh, She didn't die, she just left. And so I understand what it's like to uh, smile through the pain, to push through the tears, to, uh, to smile on the outside while dying or hurting on the inside. So today, I just wanna encourage your hearts. I wanna restore the roar. So if you guys walk out of here growling, 
Just don't do it around the police. That's all I can Just, yeah, let's, let's not do that. Uh, I look at life like a highway. On a highway, you have people going in the slow lane. You have people going in the fast lane. And you have people in the HOV lane. Those are the evangelists. They're taking people with them. They're like, come on, we're, we're on fire for Jesus. Let's go. And then you have those who are on the side of the road, on the shoulder, with the hazard lights on. And um, I equate that to maybe people who have uh, lost hope or have given up. And so today, if I could be your spiritual tow truck, if I could be your spiritual roadside assistance, just to simply say, don't lose hope, don't give up. Amen? So Proverbs chapter 13, if you have your Bibles, we'll go to Proverbs chapter 13. If you don't have your Bibles, open your mobile device. If you don't have a mobile device, the scriptures will be up there. We're family. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's good. So Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12 says this. It starts off by saying, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And maybe you're in here today and you say, I've been praying, asking God for breakthrough in a certain area. And because you've not got a response yet, you feel like, well, either God heard me, but he's ignored me, or he's just not going to answer. The second part of chapter 13, uh, verse 12 says, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. So my goal today is not to give you a timeline for when things are going to happen. I get nervous sometimes when I see on social media, somebody will say, if you click like on this, God will answer your prayer today. I never like, it's like if I could go in there and administratively delete that, I would. Like, that's not, don't do that. So my, my, I'm not here to promise you that, the, that of a timeline of when God will move. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, one of my favorite scriptures, where the Bible says, God says, I know the thoughts that I have for you. Thoughts of peace to prosper you, to give you hope in the future, and to bring you to an expected end. Now, there will be 70 years before the fulfillment of this promise. So I'm not trying to give you a timeline of when things will happen. More so, I want to reinvigorate your hope and to spark a revival to happen within your soul. David said in Psalms 42 and 5 and 43 and 5, he said, Why, my soul, are you downcast? One translation says discouraged. He says, why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my God and my Savior. The songwriter said this, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Last week, Jen did an excellent job teaching. One of the points that she said that stuck out with me, she said, Christ is primary, everything else is secondary. When we put Christ as primary, when I put my hope in Christ, not in my finances, not in my relationship, not in other people doing the right thing, but my, my, my hope and my focus in Christ as primary, everything else is sinking sand because Christ is the solid rock on which I stand. Amen. Sometimes you've got to encourage yourself with, as David said in Psalms 27, 13, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord while in the land of the living. You know, there, there was a, a story in the Bible where David, his men, they went out to war. And while they were away, their camp was raided. Everything was taken, their wives, their kids, all their stuff. And the Bible says that, that David's men wept so bitterly that they had no strength left. And then they talked about turning on David. And the Bible said that David went and encouraged himself in the Lord. Sometimes we look for people to encourage us, and maybe they don't have it to encourage us with, but we've got to encourage ourselves. I will remain confident in this. I will see 
the goodness of the Lord while in the land of the living. I don't have any proof of when things will work out or how they will work out, or that they'll even work out the way you want them. But my hope is in the Lord, not in my, my circumstances. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says this, now faith is, right now, faith is, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I don't have proof of when things will work out or when things will work out or if they'll work out the way you want them. But my confidence is this, Romans 8, 28. And now we know that God works all things together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. That is my hope. Therein lies my confidence. It's been said that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I cringe every time I hear that because there are people who are not dead on the outside, but on the inside, something's died. If you look into their eyes, you can see they're dead behind the eyes. So what they went through, didn't make, it didn't kill them, but it didn't make them stronger either. There's something that's fading away on the inside. I saw this meme on social media the other day and it said, it says, I'm dead on the inside. And when you look at that, a lot of people aren't just in survival mode. They're, they're just holding on. I want us to look at some scriptures today and just look at it. You, maybe you've read this passage of scripture before, but I want us to look at this narrative from, from a different angle. And maybe we can extract some principles from it. Matthew chapter 13. We're going to start at verse 1. And it says, that same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the other people stood on shore. Then he told them many things in parables. So just kind of to summarize that, and in short, Jesus was teaching this large crowd. We're going to go down to verse 10. The, the disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? Verses 13 through 15. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing they do not see, though hearing they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, you will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. That last part stood out to me. They have closed their eyes. They made a decision of their will to close their eyes. So here's a question to ask. Now keep in mind, this is Jesus, the word made flesh. Emmanuel, God in the flesh. He is the anointing personified. And even at his teaching, their ears were still closed, or were still dull, their eyes were closed, and their hearts were numb. So here's a question to ask. What happened to them so devastating that they decided to close their eyes so they could no longer see, that, they, that their ears got dull and that their hearts became cold? You know, just a hypothesis, maybe they had what I call spiritual PTSD. Something so traumatic that they said, I got to close my eyes so I don't see that pain anymore. So that I don't hear that disturbing news anymore. So I don't feel the pain of what I've been feeling anymore. That's why the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence because that's where life begins. You have to guard it because the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What's he trying to do? Steal your hope. If I can steal your hope, maybe you'll give up. Maybe you'll walk away. But I'm here to tell you today, don't lose hope. Don't give up, for God is with you. For every atheist that I've ever met, they didn't have any proof that God didn't exist. They were just devastated that, that a God who's supposed to be so loving would allow something so horrific to happen. So they've chosen to close their eyes. 
Perhaps this crowd in, in Matthew chapter 13 was a product of having given up on the inside. Although they weren't dead on the outside, but something on the inside had given up. And they had closed their eyes. And sometimes we can do that here in church. We can be good actors and actresses. And when the worship's going, we, we know when to lift our hands. And when the pastor says amen, we know to say amen. And somebody says, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored, brother. We got all the jargon. But on the inside, something's dying. Something's fading away. Our hope is going away. We can almost, it's almost like we're on autopilot. We're going through the motions. But silently on the inside, we've lost hope. I was married for 12 years, and around the six-year point, uh, my now ex-wife had decided that uh, she was missing out on life. So she hooked up with this guy, and he got her introduced to drugs, alcohol, and the lifestyle of partying. I remember I prayed. I fought for my family. I know that the doorpost of the house I anointed the doorpost of every room in the house. I even anointed her pillow with oil. I fasted. I prayed. God. And, I, and I, I, I didn't tell anyone. Like, I didn't even tell her parents. I hid that secret and that shame because I thought about the story with, um, I believe it was Noah, when he, had, uh, he got drunk and then one of his sons went and told others and the other sons covered him with the blanket. They covered his shame. And so I thought that was the right thing for me to do as the priest in my house. Let me cover the shame of what's happening. So I fasted, I prayed, and I, I covered my family. And I, I was protecting my daughters who were like five and six years old at the time. And, and I said, God, please fix this. And then it got to a point things just got worse and worse. And then I remember I was like, well... Uh, the, the pain was so severe. I remember the prophet Elijah, he prayed that God would take his life. And I said, well, God didn't take his life. So me praying to ask God to take mine probably won't work. So I remember I did pray and ask God to let me go into a state of a coma. Because I didn't want to feel what I felt anymore. I can remember I went up to my daughter's school. to uh, the, and They were el elementary school. And I was going to put money in their lunch account. And I had just received some more disturbing news about my ex-wife. my Well, now ex-wife. And I remember the pain was so severe, and I, said, and I just, I prayed, I said, Lord, this is too much. Just let me go into a state of a coma. And I remember standing there, and I, I wanted to feel my knees give out so that I could fall and collapse on the floor. I, I literally, I wanted that to happen. But in that moment, I never felt my knees stand stronger than I ever felt before. Even right now, I remember it was just, my knees felt stronger. It was like, God would not allow me to give up. And you know, the thing was, I, I, I prayed. And things, you know, they didn't go the way I had prayed because people have their own decision. People make their own will. They use their own free will. But you know what? I, I, I remember that, that walking through that season, I could look and see that God was with me. And sometimes we feel like God has abandoned us, but the Bible says he will never leave us nor forsake us. I, I remember one time I was sitting in the chair and my daughters were watching uh, Disney. And Mickey Mouse had came on and he was singing and they were about eight or nine years old at the time and they were dancing and they said, Daddy, look. I barely had enough strength to look up to lift my head to see them. But I looked and saw them dancing and I said, good, good job, sweetie, good, good. And the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, son, your daughters need you. They need you to be active and engaged. And so I'm here to tell somebody today, I don't know who this is for, but maybe you started giving up hope and in some ways you begin become detached. Don't give up hope. Don't lose hope. 
Don't disconnect. Don't become numb. Don't become callous. Don't close your eyes. So right now I'm raising my two beautiful teenage daughters. They're 16 and 17. And God has given me the strength and the grace and the wisdom to to raise them. In fact, my 17-year-old, she's a senior in high school. And uh, just the other day she got an acceptance letter from a college in New York that said they're going to give her partial scholarships. So, (laughs) whoo, you know, (laughs) hope. (laughs) But, you know, sometimes we want to give people a pretty picture of our story. But sometimes your story is still being written. And while your story is still being written, don't lose hope. Don't give up. You're, as long as you're six feet above ground, God is not through with you. He still is writing the story, the narrative of your life. And I believe that my assignment today is to encourage someone. Don't lose hope. Don't close your eyes. Don't give up. I'm not here to give you a promise that things will work out tomorrow, this week, or even this year. I am here, however, to give you the promise of this, that your hope, your longing has been fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ who bore our sin and shame on the cross. No matter what you're going through, Hebrews 13, 5 tells us this, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18 tells us this, so we don't lose, or so do, we don't look at the troubles we see now, rather we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Don't lose hope. Don't give up. God is with you. He's working all things together for your good. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 tells us this. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying on the outside, our spirits are being renewed every day. The New Living Translation says, therefore, do not lose hope or do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed Day by day. So there's a fresh inward, there's a fresh renewing for us inwardly every day. So don't check out. Sometimes it's easy to check out. You think, think about um, Peter after he had denied Jesus three times, and that was obviously traumatic, and Jesus was on the cross. Peter said this. He says, I go a fishing. Or in other words, he's going back to what he's familiar with. Sometimes when we start losing hope, we turn back to what we're familiar with, the thing that God called us away from as a part of us uh, not dealing with the pain of what we've been feeling and and the fact that we're losing hope. And, And so God is saying, no, don't turn and go back. Don't go back to where I brought you from. Stay here. Remain in hope. There's a new, uh, a new grace for you. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 says this, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Not old strength, new strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. New strength. New strength. You don't have to rely on the old ways, the old strength, the old anointing. There is a new grace. There is a new mercy. There's new strength. Receive it for your life today. I want to close with this. Matthew chapter eleven twenty-eight. Jesus said this. Come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Sometimes we try to find rest in the situation being better or the situation changing. 
But I want to tell you something. Just like the situation can change, it can change again. But Jesus says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. You don't have to worry about the situation changing or the circumstance changing because Jesus will never change. I think about when I was reading this, and when he says, come to me all who are weary and heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. I think about the prodigal son and how when he returned home, the Bible says he came to himself and he returned home. But on his journey home, the father was waiting for him. And so when we take that scripture, we think about maybe someone who's backslidden or someone who went wayward. But for this today, it's not that you went wayward. It's not that you run off like the prodigal son, but the father is waiting with arms open wide. You've been suppressing that pain. You've been suppressing that hurt. You've been holding it. You've been shoving it down and you're, going, you're on autopilot. You're going through the motions, and you're, you're, but you're dead behind the eyes. Your faith and your hope is waning away. You've buried it so deep. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will let me in, I'll come sup with him. And we think that's a salvation scripture, and we could. But think about this. If I come to your house and knock on the door and you let me in the main entrance, I'm just in the main entrance. But there's so many other doors and corridors in that house to go inside of. And some of us, we've accepted Jesus into our hearts, but we haven't led him into all the other avenues where we've closed the door. I've given up on that. I'm done believing God for this. I've, I've just written the situation off. So be it. I'll accept it. It is what it is. But God is saying to you today, come to me, all who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In this moment, if everyone would just close your eyes and bow your head, Joel chapter 2 verse 25 says this, And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm. One translation says this, I will give you back what you lost. I'm here to tell you today, all is not lost. Don't lose hope. Right where you're seated, if you're here and you're at a point where you say, I've, I've, I've lost hope and I, I can see where my hope has faded. Even to some extent, I see where I've died on the inside. If that's you in here today, if you would just lift your hand. My, my assignment is not to embarrass anyone or to call anyone out, but just if you just lift your hand and I just want to pray with you and believe God with you. Amen. Father, I thank you that your word assures us that we can come boldly to your throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Lord, we need you. Father, I pray for a renewed hope, restored joy, restoring to us the joy of your salvation. Father, give us laughter again. May we no longer mourn in sadness and depression but may we rejoice in the hope of knowing that our longing has been fulfilled in the coming of Christ and that you are working all things together for our good. May we worship in the hope of knowing that you are with us fighting our battles. And if you be for us, who can be against us? May we have a renewed sense of strength and courage in you, Lord, knowing that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us knowing that we are more than conquerors. We thank you and we bless you now. In Jesus' name, amen.